0: Welcome to CBuzz, Columbus's first business-focused podcast, presented by the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and Capital University. My name is Michaela Hunt. I'm your host for CBuzz. And this is the show where we bring you the best stories from the Columbus business community. You always learn something when you come and listen to us. We record at Capital University's Convergent Media Center and we have a great conversation lined up for you today with The Ohio Machine. The Ohio Machine is a professional lacrosse team based here in Columbus and they are one of nine teams who compete in the MLL, which is Major League Lacrosse for those of you who don't know. You've probably heard of them quite a bit, though, over the past years. They won the franchise's first MLL championship back in 2017, not that long ago. And today we are sitting down with Ryan Chenault, president of The Ohio Machine, and Brian Ciccone, vice president of marketing and business development for the team. Gentlemen, that's your intro. We're so glad that you're here and spending time with us on C-Buzz.
1: Thank you for having us. Yeah, looking forward to it.
0: So you both have this background that I definitely want to share with our listeners first a little bit. Tell me, prior to joining The Machine, what were both of you guys doing?
2: Well, um, was not lacrosse, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, I'm originally from the area, I grew up in Lancaster, went to undergrad at Ohio State, um, and found myself after I graduated uh, working at Nationwide Insurance. Um, after two years, decided that wasn't for me, Reevaluate everything, ended up going back to school down at Xavier University, got my master's of education, uh, which is actually, but it was a focus in sports administration. So master's of ed, focus sports administration. Correct. Okay. Uh, and this was right around um, early 2000s, and this was kind of like that money ball, and everything was kind of really kind of exploding in terms of sports business uh, at that point. So it was kind of being in the right place at the right time. In that sense, um, started working in college athletics. Worked a lot at Xavier University. Um, Just started out interning and doing things around men's basketball games. That led to a full-time position. Uh, But then life happened. Uh, My wife um, got located to Chicago, Illinois, so I went up there. Uh, and found myself working in minor league hockey, selling tickets uh, at the AAA level for hockey for about a year. Passion was always, though, with college athletics. And it, so it
0: re- that stuck with you? That's
2: That's been the piece uh, that's really stood with me over the time, and I think it probably spends a little bit from my time as an undergrad at Ohio State, uh, a little bit. But um, ended up actually being a pest a little bit, and ended up at Northwestern University, and spent over 10 years working in their athletic department. And um, Worked all the way up to assistant athletic director, basically overseeing all their marketing, ticket sales, sponsorship, a lot of those pieces. But then uh, life called again. My wife got uh, another call. uh, Came back to Columbus, excited to come back. We have two young, small children, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Grandparents are still cool, uh, close. So it was great to come back and see them. Then I had to find a job. Right, right. Minor details. And in the process of finding a working way back, learn about this opportunity. The team had been in the market uh, since 2012. This was uh, the end of 2015 leading into 16 and um, had not had any lacrosse background whatsoever.
0: So not a drop of lacrosse. This is, I think, kind of fascinating to me and in, in how this whole business story is going to play out, but not a drop of lacrosse.
2: No, and that's probably to my benefit a little bit uh, because the, the focus of when you get into what we do, a lot of people want to work in sports. And yes, it is fun. It, we are a unique product, but it is a business first. And um, the skills are transferable, whether it's hockey, soccer, football, professional. Look, um, There's little nuances, but the skill set is the same. So found myself in this, got excited. And this is basically coming in, what was charged to me, run a small business. And by the way, it's a sports property and grow it. And that's what got me excited. And
0: coming in as a, as a president, did you come in as president? Yes. So what an opportunity for you to take all of that experience you had. Northwestern, great athletics department. I'm from Illinois originally. Mm-hmm. So you, you had this opportunity in front of you, even though you were moving for your wife, to really use all of this.
2: It was a it was a great opportunity kind of being in the right place at the right time, which a lot of things are. And, and maybe taking a jump of a leap of faith, or guess it's the same thing, but yeah. taking a leap of faith. Jump, on, leap,
0: however you want to look at it.
2: You know, and uh, thought I knew what I was getting myself in, or kind of. Didn't, but uh, it's been a it's been an exciting two years basically since that. And
0: we're going to talk about some of the lessons today and Please. some of the stories behind it. So then, Brian, tell me how did you get to this point with the team?
1: Well, we're both really smart and decided to follow our wives uh, to different locations. <laughs> you uh, are you are good men. Yeah. You are good smart men. <laughs> uh, so previously we lived in Manhattan, uh, worked for Madison Square Garden, working with the teams there with the Knicks, Rangers, Liberty, college basketball, so on and so forth. Uh, Took a little dive and worked with uh, Live Nation and Ticketmaster uh, And then did a five-year stint down in South Florida Got tired of, you know, the New York rush and went down to uh, To work with the PGA working in golf and was kind of overseeing everything uh, Corporate partnerships with with the uh, PGA, working with the Ryder Cup and PGA Championships Um, My wife followed me down for that job Uh, Was fortunate enough to find a role pretty quickly there and um after a few years we kind of decided to relocate up here for her role it was an opportunity that neither of us wanted her really turning down Uh, they were amazing about the relocation and gave us pretty much six months to move up so we had plenty of time to go look Uh, and i was fortunate enough to connect with ryan right when we first started and really, kind of just connected and started talking about, hey, what what are you looking to do with building the team? He was, I think, you were six weeks on the job, if that. Only a couple months, yeah. Yeah, and we were we were talking about it, and I think the first conversation started with, hey, just to not waste anyone's time, I don't know anything about lacrosse. <laughs> And that is true; he knows nothing. about <laughs> It's been two years. I might have something. Just a few things yeah, have,
0: yeah. you know, stuck with you at that.
1: But yeah, so I mean, it, it was um, it was definitely a newer opportunity. Um, stay connected, and when we were relocating up, maybe I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to come here and kind of oversee a lot of our marketing as well as the corporate partnership side. Um, and really, I mean, I think the one thing that excited me is similar to what Ryan said is the. Two places, all the places that we were previously had tremendous backgrounds and, you know, really big fan bases before we even were there, whether it was with the Nixon Rangers or, you know, the PGA and things like that. Um, here, we're creating everything that we're doing. Brand new venue, brand new, not team, but the way that we're looking at building out the relationships and how we're trying to help grow the sport here in the community. So... Yeah, really building it as a small business there.
0: There's such a huge energy, and the benefit from you working with big brands, both on the collegiate level and the professional level, means so much to I know what you guys are doing right now. I mean, really impressive following, I know, on Instagram. Nearly 30,000 followers, other platforms as well. There is this energy behind this, so much so that U.S. Lacrosse magazine named Ohio the hotbed for lacrosse in 2017, that same year that the team took home its first franchise MLL championship. So... Ryan, share with us a little more about how the sport is evolving here in Ohio and maybe speak to some of the work, you know, the team is doing to support the expansion on a local level. So I think,
2: you know, I I won't. Cast the sport with a wide brush, but I think traditionally when people think lacrosse, they think probably either East Coast or Canada. And really those are where the sport originated and has been for a long time, but it has slowly started spreading. And you when you see, especially at the youth level from a participation, it is starting to grow very fast out on the West Coast. And really here in the Midwest, Columbus. Is the epicenter, and Ohio is almost the epicenter. Um, and that's you can see it in a couple different ways. Um, you first and foremost, I think you start looking at it with uh, us. Um, I, I'm going to go from the top down, if you will. You got us from a professional. We're the only professional team. The next closest is Atlanta, so we're kind of that that top pyramid, if you will, of the sport with the very best players playing at that level. You go down, and then you look at the college level, and that college level is Division One and Division Three. It's been around for a while, but it's really great to see what Ohio State has been doing on the first level. If you recall, in 2017, the team made uh, the national championship, its second Final Four appearance.
0: And there was an excitement behind that in this community. And Coach Meyer
2: has done a great job of of building that program up over a number of years. Um, And they continue to do and and produce top-level talent. Um, But he's able to recruit out of a great base of high school players and club players. So much so now that a couple years ago um, that Ohio High School Athletic Association actually Recognized the sport as a sanctioned sport for the first time in 2016, I believe it was, or um, the 16 17 season. Mm-hmm. And while there's always been high school sports at lacrosse, it's been around for a while, and you, you can look at the, the Dublins and the Upper Arlingtons and Worthingtons that have had it for a number of years, but now it's gotten to a point where there's now 100 over almost 150 boys' teams throughout the state that are playing wow. 130 girls teams i think it's very very important too as we go through this conversation this isn't just a boy sport or a male sport it's men and women and
0: it's, so it's growing on both sides when we see these players absolutely. up and coming into the absolutely. collegiate level absolutely i mean you look, at the, you look at
2: ohio state and uh, cincinnati are the two division 1 programs that ha- currently have women's lacrosse programs kent state and akron are adding them respectively in the next, this year and next year in in the coming up two years.
0: So there is, there seems to be, at least from talking to you guys initially, a lot of potential for growth when it comes to really building and evolving the sport and, the, but the team's brand too, which is really exciting, kind of where you all came in within the last couple of years. So Brian, do you see the Ohio machine growing one day to the popularity of a team? And I know it's kind of a hard question, but like the Blue Jackets or the Clippers or the Cavaliers, I mean, where are we going since we're seeing this excitement right now, do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely hope one day it does get there. But, you know, the teams that you just mentioned and the leagues that you just mentioned have been around forever, right? I mean, or they've been around for a while, even with the Blue Jackets being here for the last 18 years. The NHL has been around for much longer than that. Right. So the fan bases that were already kind of built in and passionate and knowing about the sport were kind of there. So us and especially as outsiders to the lacrosse world, I mean, I've seen my first game was my first season with the team, the first home game there. And I went to Ryan and I actually go, I wish I played this sport. I mean, it was fast-paced. It was hard-hitting. You had to be quick and smart all at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, one day I do hope we get there. And I think one of the things that we're looking to do is make sure that we kind of tout the experience about coming to the game and being able to get more people playing and energized about supporting some of the best athletes in the world
0: so let's talk about that so how do you approach your marketing efforts with some of those goals in mind to be able to create that feeling to that sense around what you're doing with the crowds that are coming to the games
1: yeah I think it's really built around the experience I mean we do have the one of the best products on the field but getting the fans to actually just enjoy being in town being being around a brand new venue I mean we have new venue at the Village of Obets called Fortress Obets, built out of shipping containers. I mean, that's cool. It's different. It's unique. Um, We have people coming from all over the state coming in and saying like, oh, I didn't know this existed. And, you know, then they come back and keep coming back. I mean, you know, we do discounted beers. We do, you know craft beers all over the Who area. Who doesn't so. love
0: a discounted beer? I know. It, <laughs> I mean, right?
1: That, that's where Ryan usually finds me in our beer garden. That, that benefits <laughs> that our true. mid-Ohio food, food bank. But I believe, she's, <laughs> I believe you call it client entertainment. Is that? Client entertainment. It, someone's got to do it. I mean, <laughs> uh,
0: So you have these different, so it's all the promotions, it's yeah. the, av- the venue, it's the experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we have some great partners that do some really cool things with us. You know, uh, North High Brewing comes down and they do a bunch of craft beers down there. Um you know, by doing some on-field exposure with Donatos and things like that, I mean, there are really cool things that we're able to do because we're so new and we're able to bring all of our key learnings from past lives out to here at the Fortress and at our games and bring it to life just like we want to envision.
0: And you have a business community that's willing to embrace trying something new, partnering with a new, when I say new, I kind of put it in quotes, but newer sports experience because well, not everybody has well, had it, this it, experience. With it UBA. definitely
2: is a new sporting experience. I mean, I, I think that one of the biggest challenges that we have is education. You know, we're at a venue then in a, at OBETS that not a lot of people have been to before because it's only two years old. You have a sport that maybe a lot of, kids are now playing but their parents didn't play growing up so what is this sport what does it actually look like and and how does it when is it being played and and kind of what is that overall experience i mean if you mention some of our peers the clippers they do an outstanding job it's great to go down to huntington park to have a beer watch a ball game but you're just that's something you did growing up in this area the Ohio machine was not part of that 20 years ago or 25 years ago or, or, or longer. And so that is that education that we go through. And, and you know, when we look at those partnerships and that experience, we have all those pieces. We just want them to come together and help us tell that story. We're a great su- Saturday evening in the in the summer.
0: Well, and it makes me so excited because I feel like I know a lot about Central Ohio from the work that I've done, but I haven't had the experience. I'm so excited to take my six- and 8 year olds to see a game. Like, So I'm, I'm excited to do that because of the way that you guys have painted this today. And like you said, some of these community partnerships and some of the things you're doing are pretty incredible. Um, you know, for you, what do you see in terms of the future, do you think, in regards to some of these partnerships? Um Is there anything exciting coming up that you guys are able to talk about or things that you would like to try and build if you could find the right partner?
1: I mean, I think there's there's endless amounts of opportunities. I don't think we can uh, put anything right now to a pen to paper. But there's I mean, we do just cool things, whether it's bringing food trucks in, like creating events. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about about our position here. Is that we get to create everything we're doing? So whether food trucks are kind of in right now, right? So Just a little who, bit. Who doesn't like a nice <laughs> little food truck? So yeah, you know, we bring in great food truck partners throughout the whole the whole season. We don't even we have concession stands, but they're almost like a supplemental piece. Food trucks are our main thing.
2: do we- well, I, you know, I, I, in, in echoing off that, I mean, it's. We are talking about building up a product. It, it, it's, a good, it's a plus and a minus, right? Because there is no standard or long-term history. If you look back and what do we do five years ago? What have we been doing for years? Each year, yeah, we're creating a history as we go through it. So it's kind of creating it, which is kind of it's fun, but it's also kind of scary because you don't know, is this really going to work? Is this not going to work? And as I tell these guys always, I'm 100% OK with us missing or missing an opportunity as long as we execute on it. You know, I mean, you're not going to have a slam dunk every single time. It's not going to be a home run. You're going to try things and you're going to fail. The nice thing is, is that we have great ownership. We have that um – leash if you will to make mistakes and kind of learn out there i mean we're not gonna be foolish about it i mean right but but it's also not necessarily saying hey here's the box make sure you stay within this box and don't go beyond that we can create those things and that's really what's we like going through the partnerships and those different partners for
1: yeah one, one of the things that was you mentioned bringing your kids out to a game i mean if your kids are playing lacrosse or, or even interested in it, I mean, we almost dedicate one side of the field that they can still watch the action. It's almost like a kid zone. We have games that can go get played. Um, so it really gives them some entertainment while you can either relax and have a drink or watch the game and watch over them. I mean, it. it we try to build a full family atmosphere. Model, there. yeah, yeah. Um, because like Ryan said, I mean, the sport's growing now because so many kids are playing it now. Right, yeah. So we're fortunate enough where we have the kids, we have the next generation of, you asked about small businesses and people people purchasing, the next set of buyers are coming up through our fan base, and then we still do have the parents there. Well, and I, you know, I'll go back, you mentioned a little bit about the social media. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And you talk about the, the 30,000 Instagram followers. Yeah, that how we did have. you guys
0: do, I mean, the build up. how did Wh- you do that? You,
2: you know where that's at? Where? Who's using Instagram? The kids
0: who are like 13 through 19, 20, 21, right?
2: That is the demographic. I mean, you look at it right now for us. And league-wide, we have the demographics. We have this good support from the league from research as you're looking at. But the key individual is that 15 to 16-year-old male for our demographic. Once we have those are the ones that are following us on Instagram, they're doing that. Then they're influencing the decision makers in their household of where they're going, so on and so forth. Um, But that's where it's growing so fast. and, and we have to be very mindful of how we're utilizing those channels because what we're putting on Instagram is not the same we're putting on Facebook or Twitter.
0: Different messages.
2: Different messages they're the different it, yeah. because they're different audiences. Because again, by coming out there on, on Instagram and just saying, you know, hey, there's a. A beer garden, a two-for-one, I mean, that's not going to resonate as much with a 15-year-old boy as much as this trick shot that's coming out from our new attackmen and showing them. And, and by the way, he's got a clinic after the game on Saturday. That's going to resonate more with him than it's what you're going to put on Facebook, which might be for his mom. But by the way, here's everything that's going on. So you have to know those channels and how you're communicating with them.
0: So business owners who are listening who are still doing some of the marketing yourself, that was a very important takeaway that Ryan just gave us. Because you're right, the messaging is different depending on the audience and the platform. And I think sometimes that gets lost and people don't know how to grow audiences because of that. So thank you for sharing that. No, we're,
2: we're, we're still trying to figure it out all ourselves too, but it, that is one thing that we have walked away and learned.
0: So we have a, we do have a lot of listeners who are either thinking of starting their own business or just kind of now venturing into that entrepreneurial journey. Um, a lot of times they don't have the bandwidth to bring on a dedicated marketing and promotions team right away, obviously. Do you have any advice for those small business owners on how they still really can market themselves and grow their brand, even though they might have limited time and resources? I'm curious what both of you have to say about that.
2: That's a good question. I don't know if I have a great answer. Okay. But I would share that I'm a big believer in data. I believe that by investing in, if you have a budget and you can invest in anything, investing in, in finding out quote-unquote hard facts to make educated decisions in is key. What I mean by that is you might not necessarily have the money to go through and do a full-on advertising campaign, but do you really know who your consumers are? Because, again, we just talked about social media channels. In theory, social media doesn't cost anything. I mean, you can invest in it for sure, but if you know who you're supposed to be speaking to on those different channels and you have that educate, you've spent that money through focus groups or through what, whatever forms to go ahead and learn who your audience is and then you can tailor your message from it. that's a step in the right direction.
0: You think starting with that, the research, knowing who your audience is, is if you're going to invest guess. in anything, don't, don't guess. guess.
2: I mean, again, you might not necessarily find the, an exact, all the answers that you want, but at least you are going to be starting in the right direction.
0: Brian, what do you think?
1: Uh, I would completely agree. And I think along those lines is you know, with the people that might not have the um, you know, staffing to go do that. I mean, we're only a staff of 10. right? And when we're trying to go out to communities and things like that, we're always trying to find, OK, is this the right event to go to? Is this something that we need to go support and get more people behind? For small business owners, I mean, knowing, getting the most out of your dollar is really what it comes down to. So knowing where you guys actually need to go fish Like it's not just casting, casting a pole in the ocean. It's actually going into a smaller pond and then you have a bigger chance for success because everything's there or it's a smaller piece there. Um, So I think, you know, I mean, I, I echo what Ryan's saying, but I think that is one of the most important pieces for us. And, you know, that's the way we try to go about our stuff as well.
2: You know, the other thing I would share on that, and as we go back, we talk a little bit about partnerships, you know, I talked to Brian a lot, and yes, we've been fortunate to come from places that might have seven-figure deals from a sponsorship or partnership. And while we love to have those, and we're you know theohiomachine.com I, if you lo- if you'd like to go ahead and reach out to us. I love uh,
0: how you dropped that. Yeah. That's nice.
2: <laughs> no, but but the truth is, is that what we're really looking for is partners and allies. Anyone that can speak well about us, that can be our ally. They might not be able to write the biggest check, but they might be able to. Put us in a in a use their social media, their connections, their other ways to further our mission of spreading lacrosse in the community. And uh, you know, those that are passionate about us mean so much more than someone that's gonna might just write a check and never activate a partnership.
0: So you mentioned the ten people in your front office. You said that correct, right? Ten. So how do you know I mean that's ten for all that you're doing? How do you really make sure that you're working efficiently, collaboratively as a team? And what does the culture look like?
1: We nail uh, nail that every uh, day, don't we? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
0: Five stars. (laughs) You're giving yourself right now.
2: You know, I think it starts, at least this is my hope in leading the organization is first is that I'm very transparent in the hiring process of what's expected of us what our mission is, what our goal are goals are. and I try to remind them on an ongoing basis when we have our staff meetings what our goal is. And our goal right now is to be the very best organization in Major League Lacrosse as well as in the Columbus market. And everything we do should be towards that goal. And uh, you know it kind of filters down from there and hopefully you know we can debate them should we go this way or that way or anything like that? But if we know kind of where we're ultimately going, then we're all kind of rolling in the same direction. Um, whether that, Brian, you can tell me if that actually works or not.
1: Sometimes, no, yeah. no it definitely works. I think as long as we're uh, with our new team. I mean, we said we said we have ten people. I think yeah. a year and a half ago we had four. So oh, I mean, so you've
0: more, just more uh, than double. And I think, yeah.
1: and especially over the new, the just since like October, I think six of the staff are new. Five of the staff are new, so really just getting everyone in line with the right direction. And really, you know, we we're, we're fortunate enough to have good teammates there. But really, it's the direction from Brian and ownership. But then really, it's it's our staff that's kind of really going out there and making sure that everything is getting done the way we wanted to. Because it's not just during the summer or the spring early fall when our season's going on. We're doing a ton during the off season too, by creating content for that social media pushes that you're talking about, doing a fall classic against or with Ohio State University's men's lacrosse team, doing stuff in the high school, doing stuff in the high school landscape in the spring. So we're constantly trying to get work done and putting lacrosse in front of people to help grow the sport.
0: So, The Ohio Machine Lacrosse Foundation, tell us a little bit about that, the time and resources put into that and what exactly that is.
2: So the foundation is something that we brought back uh, about a year ago and with the mission of basically growing the game and giving back to the community. I think it's something that you see a lot of professional sports teams do now because of how important just the overall tie sometimes to a a general public will have with the team and that they want to give back. And and the team wants to give back to the community in which they're part of. And for us, um, something that we, were excited to do. We were able to get a couple seed gifts from several key donors that were very interested in a couple initiatives. One was our Urban Lacrosse Initiative. Um, And so the, the Urban Lacrosse Initiative for us is making sure that the game grows within Columbus, and specifically within Columbus City Schools and their Recreation and Parks Department. And this past year, we were actually able to go ahead and fund a full-time seasonal position with Parks and Rec through our foundation that did nothing but go around to the 14 different community centers and do lacrosse clinics. And then also, most importantly, Coach the coaches, if that makes sense, because again, there's not a lot of kids that might have been 20, 30 years ago playing. playing. Right. They have to know how to play it. Basketball's not a problem. Football, baseball, that's not a problem. Lacrosse, I kind of get it, but I don't know how I want to teach it, and the kids want to learn about. It, so we have to go ahead and help them out. So this is those are that's what we're talking about growing the game. We put those out there, and you know, our hope is that any kid that wants to have a stick in his hand yeah. or her hand right. has that opportunity.
0: So. What does the future look like in Columbus, guys, for Major League Lacrosse? Do you think?
1: And I think it looks bright. I mean, I think there's there's great stuff that's going on at the local level, um, at the at the youth level, just continually growing, getting more people playing. The high school level, where high school and clubs are just immensely growing. It used to be just Columbus, where it was kind of the hotbed where a lot of top level teams were playing. But now some of the best teams are outside of Columbus too. And Columbus has the, some really great competition to you know, win state titles and things like that. Um, and then we're fortunate enough, obviously, between um, some great D1, 2, and 3 programs at the collegiate level that they keep funneling you know, really good players to the professional level. So we're in a great position where the sport's going to only continue to grow. Our venue as well as the fan experience is going to be evolving but only getting better.
0: Did he say it all? He did. <laughs> he said it all.
1: It's the first time he's ever admitted that.
0: Right? Right here on Buzz. There you have it. Make sure you play it a lot back for him <laughs> when this podcast drops. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for being with us, Brian, Ciccone, and... Ryan Chennault. Brian and Ryan, uh, it's been great to talk with you. And, man, partners and allies, if you're looking for a way to partner with them or to be an ally of theirs, uh, they want to hear from you. What's the web web address again?
2: TheOhioMachine.com.
0: TheOhioMachine.com. Thanks, guys, for being here today.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: And if you enjoyed today's episode, please let us know by sharing your ratings and reviews. All you have to do is search CBuzz on iTunes or the place you listen to your podcast. Let us know a little bit how we're doing. We really value that feedback and it helps people find our show. And there's some value there in how we plan future episodes as well. CBuzz is produced in collaboration with Capitol University and is recorded at Capitol's Convergent Media Center. So we want to thank their talented students, faculty, and staff for helping bring this program to life. I'm Michaela Hunt. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll be looking forward to our next conversation that we have with you.